0: I'm Cameron. I'm Evan. I'm Ben. And we are Dads with Cars. Tonight, it's English night. We spend some time talking to Ben. We learn about Ben's backstory, how he got into cars. We learn about a Lotus that Cam and Ben went to go and see. And finally, we hear about a Ford Cortina with a blown transmission that's sitting transmissionless in my garage. Hey, happy twenty! 23,
1: yo. Happy New Year. Glad yeah. to be here. It's nice. First first podcast of the year for all three of us. Yep. Yeah. Feels
0: good. First it podcast of the year, I would say, period.
2: And we're here in... in you mean in the whole world? No. God, no. Okay, no. Just in the studio. It,
1: I, we're here in, in what is unseasonably wet weather for, for Northern California. But still
0: not that wet, really.
1: Yeah, no, no. I it, it always surprises me how panicked everybody gets at a little bit of rain. Uh then, I
0: assume you drove over here on the uh the summer tires.
2: Uh,
1: uh yep, yeah, summer
2: tires, <laughs> traction control off. Alright, I had traction control on, TC, and I, off. I did have, I TC did, off. I did have TC my summer off tires for sure. I kept
1: I on the on two eighty at the at the weekend I, I kept saying I guess hey 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 family, should I turn the traction control off and just see how much fun we can have?
0: <laughs> in the Jeep? No. No in your car. <laughs> In the Jeep, you'd be risking your life. It's like that thing would be up on its end on fire the minute you push the
1: button. Yeah, but, uh, by the way, it's worth noting my family all looked at me like,
2: uh, what? Please don't. No. Oh. They have no <laughs> anyway, idea what they're talking, <laughs> talking about. So
0: so I have one that's actually worse than that, Ben. We're in in the wife's Q5, the world's most hated SUV, and she's sitting in the back and I'm driving, and she's like, that button with the, the thing with the squirrely... The, what does that do? Like, how long have you owned this car? <laughs> do you not like? Are you afraid to touch the buttons?
2: I'd say most people don't interact with that button. N- no, they don't. On, but I mean, definitely not on a regular like, basis.
0: But it's a pictogram for a reason. With yeah. like a car with Shows a bunch of like skids, co- yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like push, you're, push you're this to skid, push I mean... this to
2: crash. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: The Germans, they they know. They're like, yeah, you're gonna push this and instantly I think, die. I, I
1: think the buttons included on the Q5 for all of the time that it spends going off roading. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a fun moment. Um,
1: and wait, and for... wait, didn't you tell me that you that you ordered new tires from the car
2: during the drive home? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is true story. We ordered tires on the way home because I hadn't driven the car probably in the rain in a year, right? Like the last time it rained, I was driving my own car with the not great tires. Um, but yeah, I made her push the button and order new tires. The tires are utterly <laughs> shot on that thing.
2: So you actually were like, man, these tires suck Buy them right now.
0: And she was like, okay, what do I need to buy? And like, I'm like, at a- that moment. Yeah. And I'm,
2: but you didn't like pull over and go to Charles Schwab. No, wow. no
1: like, That's what cell phones are Turn for Turn
2: right yeah. Get those tires on this car now
1: yeah. It was like a mid refueling from tire rack This truck <laughs> yeah. drives, up, drives up to the side <laughs> the Guys there with the jack
0: on the side <laughs> Hang on, I'm going to pull the tire off Hey, you can't do that I'm quattro mode
2: Well, I'm picturing you just pulling up onto the back of a flatbed oh, Like Knight Rider sick. kind of And the guys just come out like a team And just And then you just drop you off the back good yep. to go yeah yeah, I mean, yeah that's how awesome. I that's how I like to change I mean, my that tires would be amazing generally while the car's moving
0: yeah yeah but it was it was a pretty impressive i mean, maybe that is a great <laughs> way to get new tires you're you're driving in the rain with your nervous significant other and you're like ooh god oh. new tires are definitely oh needed. absolutely
2: as soon as i mentioned the word safety to karen she's like oh you have yeah to. whatever
0: you're like well, actually, that's like I'm gonna need a rim that's maybe a half an inch wider, and then like we will never slip again. Yeah, exactly. exactly. I, <laughs> I think you got to pull that, man. Yeah, that's like, a good idea. Yeah. That's,
1: that's a good one. I have the opposite. Uh, of course, I'm driving along in the summer tires, thinking to myself, "I don't, I don't actually want to buy <laughs> like all seasons." But, but if you bought all seasons and
0: you got, you know, the HRE wheels for the all seasons and then maybe just made the switch afterwards like yeah that'd be a oh, pretty no, they screwed sick up. move
1: they screwed up at the tire place they put the old tires that i have onto oh, the new wheels darn it! and they've put the all season tires onto the to, to oh, the stock wheels God, factory hate wheels. It when they do that that'd be a terrible mistake yeah
0: that'd be a terrible I, mistake. i have an
2: interesting situation that that reminds me of with my wife she's the breadwinner you know i'm a stay-at-home parent i don't bring in any money you're a dad with a car i'm a dad with a car and so the way I go about getting something like upgraded rims, the best tires, you know, is, is I price out either the OEM, whatever it might be, and I, I just say, look, this is what it's going to cost normally, but I really want these. So as a family, let's, you know, you pay for the base price pretty much, and I'm happy out of my own pocket with my allowance money that I get to... Uh, <laughs> She calls it a salary. I call it an allowance. But I'll cover the difference. And then I end up with kind of what I want. Great. I got the 20s instead of the 19s or whatever it might be. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. It's not a bad setup. You
0: know, you really ought to talk to my mom because here's what she would do. Kind of the same thing. But what she would do is she took the allowance and then... If she were able to save money on the things like buying groceries or what, whatever the other things that she needed to do to run the house, if she were able to do it on less, she got to keep the difference.
2: Interesting. It's quite a motivator to be frugal. Right? Yeah. It's
0: like, I put regular gas in the car versus the super unleaded. Ah. Which back then, you could probably get away with that, you know? I think her car had a carburetor. Who knows? Anyway, but yeah, you could do that.
2: Interesting. I like that. Yeah, it doesn't work like like that in my family. Well,
0: I mean, I don't know that that's necessarily a negotiation. Just make it happen.
2: Yeah. I, I'm very fortunate. I don't feel like I have to. You know, I have everything I want. I'm very very lucky.
0: Yeah. And you don't have to Show up, show up to a terrible, crappy, horrible job on the daily.
2: No, I don't. I got my own mental issues, but um, they're not related to work.
0: So tonight on English Night
2: we're doing english night i thought we we're, were gonna english ask night. ben what he uh you know what got him in the cars english. in the first place
0: he's english
2: that could qualify as english <clears throat> night yeah yeah so ben yeah what was your first experience that you can remember that made you think wow i i'm a gearhead all i can think about is cars
0: well i mean was your dad into cars
2: my dad
1: was kind of into cars. Well Your dad had um, cool cars, though. My
2: dad did have cool cars. I think the best,
1: the, the story that, always, that I always reminded of with cars and my dad was when my parents first got together and, and when I was born, uh, my dad at the time was driving a Porsche 356. A cool car. A very cool
2: car. What year was that, the car? Do you remember? The
1: car was probably 70. Wow. Mm, no. No? Must have been older than that.
0: Yes. It'd have to be pre-1966.
1: So, yeah, probably that. I never... The point is, I never saw the car. Because um, they had me, and then they said... The reason we don't have the car anymore is because we had you. Mm. Yeah. So I always would say to them, "Well, the reason that you should have kept the car is because of me." Right. <laughs>
0: well, then, the question is, what did they replace the three fifty six with when you were born? Uh, you ready? Yeah.
2: The family truckster. Peugeot five oh. I knew you were going to say. <laughs> I knew you were going to say
0: Pe- Peugeot.
1: Peugeot.
0: Yeah. So they were living their best pug life, huh?
1: Yep. Pug life. And describe for that many, card many for me, years. would you? Yeah, what's that? So, you know how you would look at a...
0: <laughs> this is, this is Whoa, wait, on. hang on, hang on. True gonna... or false? Was it in the Pink Panther? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> what was it? What Which one was it? What? The, five, the 504. Five... Yeah, that's the one with the like hood that kind of goes up and the lights, like
1: the big chunky lights. Maybe, or maybe that's an older... I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd have to look it up. But this was... You know, if you look uh, at a... Like late seventies, uh, Mercedes wagon, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, it's like that, but bigger and re- oh, a lot uglier. It's a beast. Whoa! Yeah, that's it's like f- a feat. It's like fat in all the wrong places. Wow! Yeah, and you know, back then we they, they were pulling a trailer, and was it a coupe or a wagon? It's a wagon. Wagon. Yeah. Sorry, estate car. Would have been
2: the estate, yes. Yeah. That's it. Let me see. Oh yeah, it's a monster.
1: Look at the headlights on that thing. Well, I mean, I'd rather not. It, so ugly. <laughs> well,
0: I mean, but your description of the late seventies Mercedes, I mean, there you go. Right, right. Like yeah. it looks like a Benz. That's yeah, so crazy. It really does. Yeah, it's and I, and I do believe that the coupe version of that was, in fact, in the Pink
3: Panther. Okay,
1: so that was that was the family car for for. For many years, many years. All right,
2: but you said your dad had some cool cars, so clearly something well, must have happened the, after.
1: We had the Porsche three fifty six, but they got rid of that. And Incredibly had, cool, and then we had the Peugeot, and then that drove us all around Europe, camping and um, vacationing, and uh, towing a trailer and doing that whole thing, which is, I think, why why they got the estate car that was big enough to do all of that. Um, and then. Um, well, and then, we, then the next cars I really remember after that was actually in the U.S. when we mm. lived in the U.S. on the East Coast. So that was a Bronco.
2: Bronco. You're talking about the, an, an 80s Design. Bronco? Yeah.
1: Wow. Big one. Yeah. Yeah, the OJ one. Yeah. Um, and then that was kind of it. There were a, a bunch of Volvos mm. involved in there, like 240s, a state car again. I think that was a, a U.S. car that we had for a while.
0: But was your dad like reading magazines or looking <sighs> at cars or any of that it was utility
1: complete utility hmm. purchase
0: yeah interesting
1: i do i do have really i have really uh, fond memories of watching the formula 1 with mm. my dad like i can remember that when i was you know 5 or 6 years old watching some of those that stuff S- such now that when i see a race replayed from like 77 or 78 I, i'm like it takes me straight back to mm. the, to that um, so he was kind of he was kind of really into that, and that that's probably what sowed the seed with me to be like into motor racing anyway, Formula One specifically. Um, and then we got, we came back to the UK after being in the US for a few years, and that's when he started getting BMWs and Mercedes. So we had a whole kind of slew in pretty quick succession of like three twenties, three twenty I black uh bmw and then a bunch of mercedes like um 420 sec which which i kind of got after he'd would he done with it he um i think one of the like the proudest moments of his life was when he ordered a brand new mercedes like e-type convertible mm. from the dealer like it and optioned it and did the whole thing that yeah was, that was a pretty cool thing for him um there were there were actually there was a couple of Jags in there as well, like XJ6, hmm. um, that kind of era Jags, and all of that kind of went in pretty quick succession. And I and I was I was out of the house a lot. I was at school and stuff, so I didn't I didn't really see a whole lot of that.
0: Well, he must have eventually been somewhat interested in finding a car that worked for him. If he was turning cars over,
1: yeah, yeah, he, he was. You know, I think his interest in cars um which has absolutely had a formative you know effect on on me and what i'm looking for in a in a car it, it was definitely like the bigger kind of like more kind of touring yep. luxury end kind of car he wasn't he, I don't think he was ever, in fact, he didn't particularly like like the lightweight kind of I mean, by comparison, the 320 that he had, um, you know, really small and, and, and lightweight and nimble and stuff. He, he wasn't into like driving hard and back roads and all that right. kind of stuff. But, you know, he absolutely loved the 420 SEC pillarless coupe Mercedes with a, you know, V8 engine in yeah. it. Probably because, one
0: of the most beautiful cars they've ever made. Yeah, uh,
1: and you know it drove like a boat, but you could sit in it for like hours yep. and hours and hours, and it was just built to destroy the autobahn and cruise it ninety five miles an hour and just not make any noise while it was doing it. Yeah, that's what he loved. He loved doing that. And then <clears throat> when when they he retired, and my parents like we living in the south of France. They would that's what they would do mm. all the time. They would drive. From the south of France all the way to back to the UK, back and forth, back and forth. So they would do that on the auto route. They did that in the Mercedes. They had a Porsche Cayenne when that first came out. They loved that car, and I was used to make fun of them because that was at the time that was a, the, like one of the first cars that came out where you could put a SIM card into the car. And so that like I was, I, I made a joke that it was just like a really expensive phone. Like mm. The whole car was just an expensive phone.
0: Yeah. I thought you for sure you were going to say you made fun of them and you're like why didn't you just get the Volkswagen cuz literally it was like <laughs> remove grill put other grill um I I guess where I'm going to go next is maybe a story that you told me which which might uh be some of the genesis of where you really got into cars you once told me a story which you kind of stuck to, at least the aftermath of, which is you will not get into a Ferrari unless the keys to so said Ferrari are actually yours.
2: Correct. When you when you say get in.
0: He will not sit in a Ferrari. I've,
2: I, so you've never sat in a Ferrari? Never.
0: And but You're he like won't. the biggest
2: Ferrari fan I've ever met. Yes. Like, exactly. I'm not even a crazy Ferrari fan. I sat in a Ferrari. Yeah, that's fine. It's good for you. so the
1: origin of this story is you know i'm i guess i'm like 10 10, 12 13 years old and uh and i'm i don't know that i'm like into cars like it's not like it's not like now where it it occupies every waking thought pretty much but um you know as a as a kid you know you're you're you know, with your your friends, you're you're looking at cars, you're pointing at cars, you're going, "Oh, that's so and so." You know, I'm doing the same thing with airplanes, and I'm doing the same thing with you know bikes, and I, you know, so you you're just kind of like like my kids are doing like now. They're like, "Daddy, is that a is that a da 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 car?" Or is you know, what's that one? Is that like my I mean, my five year old is going, he thinks every car is a Lamborghini. He's like, "Daddy, is that a Lamborghini?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm you know I'm doing that with friends and everything, and. And I guess that it was, there was probably, a, you know, a a particular moment where I went to this, I mean, it, it sounds, um, it sounds a lot more um, crazy than, or like, upper class or whatever. I don't know whatever people are going to think of this. But posh. Posh. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Harry Potter, right? I went to a boarding school. Mm. It was a mixed co-educational boarding school. Um, and it was pretty one it was pretty laid back so not like a strict boarding school i think people have an image of like strict boarding schools with people kids wearing school uniforms and calling their teacher sir and all this kind of stuff and that was not this school at Mm. all there was no school uniform you called the teachers by their first names really small classes um and a lot of people would stay at the school at the weekends because that's when you got to hang out with all your friends and you know have fun and that's when i got into music and started playing in bands and stuff like that and the school's always had a a, a rich history of of media and and um you know entertainment people and their kids going to the school so there was always interesting stuff going on and there was always um interesting people coming to the school but um so longer longer story a little bit shorter we had school every saturday morning from 9 until 11 and the only reason that they did that was to prevent all the kids leaving on Friday, Friday afternoon. Mm. So we had three hours of school on Saturday morning, which was excruciating, but it just meant that at the end of that, you got to kind of go and do whatever it was you were going to do. The first thing that happened at 11 o'clock is that, you know, all of the parents would come and pick up their kids that were going home for the weekend. And we would all be kind of hanging out and, you know, so-and-so would, you know arrive and pick up their kid and drive away and you say bye i'll see you on sunday night whatever so i'm sitting there and i'm with a bunch of the the kids that were in my year and we're waiting as people are getting picked up and one of the dads from one of the the kids in my class came around the corner in a ferrari 308 308 gts and I'd never heard anything like this. And it it looked like something from another planet. I had no idea what it was. Hmm. I didn't, I didn't, I, I kind of, it was like one of those watermark moments where, where it's like, in, it's burnt into my memory that mm-hmm. moment. And uh, the girl that I was standing next to at the time said, oh yeah, that's my dad. He's got that one. And he's got the one from the year before that. And from the year before that. And from the year before that, this was a, he was a music manager. He was in entertainment. So, you know, he's, he'd made a lot of money and, and that was his thing. Um, And she could, she looked at me and she could see like my jaw was on the floor. I had no idea what I was looking at or or hearing or listening. And she said to me right in that moment, she said, um, well, you know, I'm sure he'll take you for a a drive in it if you want to sit in it, which is a pretty normal thing. I'm like, Hey, I'll take your kid for a drive in the car and you know, you know, you hear about kids doing that now, so it's like it's still a thing. Um, and I, I was probably just too shy at that point. I was just like, "I don't know, no, it's fine, it's fine." And so um, he picked her up, and they went away, and, and then I, I got to thinking about it afterwards, and I was like, "Wait a second, I, that's that I'm one, I need to figure out what it was I just saw, so I need to go and learn about sports cars and what that was and understand. So that's kind of what fired that interest. And then the more I thought about it and the more I thought about that moment, um, I realized two things. I I, I was like, one, the first time that I that I get in and sit in a Ferrari, it's not going to be in the passenger seat. Therefore, I'm not going to be driven the first time I get to sit in a Ferrari. It's going to be in the driver's seat. I'm going to be driving. And then I said, oh, and if that's the case, then it should be that moment. It should be mine. It shouldn't be like I'm not borrowing mm-hmm. it. Somebody hasn't lent it to me. Somebody hasn't said, "Hey, go take it for a spin," or a test drive, or a you know an experience at a track or anything like that. It's like no, that like that moment, it's your car, and you're getting behind the wheel of it for the very first time, and that's the very first time I, I'll ever sit in a Ferrari. Will be when the keys are mine. And, yeah.
0: Um. It it will be interesting though. So I can't remember if I've asked this question because I can't remember the answer. So how are you going to test drive Ferraris? I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. That's what, you're going to have to do that for me. Yeah, all right, All right.
2: right. <clears throat> uh, I'll happily help out. If you need <laughs> you, help, you, just let me know.
0: You, you've, you're like 308, 328, 355, 360. You've kind of done that circle, but you have not driven any of them. So you don't know which one...
1: At this You're going to want to drive. So, like, I mean, d- without giving away my age, which I don't really care, but, like, this, this is 37 years ago. Yeah. Right? So this has been, like, a long time. And there have been many, many, many chunks of years where... This dream has been, like, so far off that I, that I just haven't thought about it. I mean, right. I, I probably didn't think about it for a decade. And yeah, then sure. I probably came back to it and went, oh, yeah, I still haven't done that kind yeah. of thing. I still haven't bought the Ferrari. I still haven't done that. I still haven't, you know. So I always, I, when I think about it, I was like, well, I took this vow that I would never sit in one until it was mine. And I, I haven't broken that, yeah. right? Yeah, And I don't really think about it all that often, except... Now, in the last few years, I'm thinking about cars all the time. So I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Well, I think
2: a part of it is that you're getting older, and that uh, as we get older, luckily, you get a little (laughs) bit more expendable cash, and maybe it it becomes a reality. Well, that's something you can actually see. Yeah. Sure. That's where I was headed. It's like,
0: okay, he's going to have to go through the the act of practically figuring out which one of these he actually wants that's, well
2: it's an interesting point you said excuse me like about well how do you what if you did test drive five different kinds and realize oh the one i thought i wanted i really enjoyed driving this other one more you sure know, you don't think that's valuable i mean have you thought okay this is silly you know maybe i should
0: plus i left out a number of all the cars i left the three four eight out <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> but also at the same time you're not you you can't just find these cars sitting on a lot well, I <clears> mean, <saying the> other- <laughs> I'd like to try this one now, sir. There's a place I can... Yeah, near his house. So. Yeah, that, that's a bit ridiculous. But um,
1: so what I, all I was going to say was like, so this has obviously been in the back of my head for, for more than 30 years, more than 35 years. And I try not to make, like, make it to be a big deal. I mean, it isn't, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal, but it's like, a, it will be a great moment, obviously. Yeah. But once that moment's passed, it's done right sure so let's say i find like the right car and i go great like this is a this is a great 308 it's you know it's it ticks all the right boxes cameron's driven it <coughs> cameron's driven it and he's like yeah there's there's, there's basically <laughs> nothing wrong with this yeah i'm like great so that's it that'll be the car then after i've driven it and then that's no longer a thing and then a month later i say I don't really like this. At that point, I can go drive another one. That's right? true. And then true. I could go drive other ones and I go, actually, no, this is really the car I want. Or, here's the other thing that could happen. I could get into one of these cars and go, I hate this. I absolutely hate this. I'm going to go buy Porsche. Right?
2: You know, that yeah. could, you know, now that you say that for some weird reason, I hope that happens. <laughs>
1: <clears throat> now, I I actually hope the
0: Ferrari thing works out. I guess on the other end, it's like, it's not like you're like, it's going to be a Ford of some description, right? Like, how bad could a Ferrari really be? Right, You know?
2: I have a feeling it's not going to be bad. <laughs> no. I think it's going to be very good. I mean, in I, think... Fact. <laughs> I think, I think, I
1: think, mo- I think there are a lot of people out there, or maybe not a lot, but there are a few people out there that would probably say that it is a good thing. So yeah. A yeah, couple
2: people, couple a yeah, pe- pe- right?
0: few people out there that think they're
2: good.
1: <clears throat> yeah. I mean, so I, so I don't, I don't know. I, I, sometimes I think about this and you know what? I've written this. I've I actually written it out a few times just to be able to like fully articulate like where this came from and why it's a thing and and, and what it means to me, right? It's so I think what it you know, clearly it means like this is a an achievement, right? To to get to that moment in your life. And you're right. You know, you when you get older and you're you know, you're further into your career and you're you know, you're more successful, then you know, you, you you can start to think about, well maybe this is something that's possible, right? So um you know, d- achieving that will be, you know, will be a great thing. <laughs> I don't, I've, I I have wrote this and then I kind of deleted it. So, I, you know, but that thing, that vow, that idea existed before my marriage, mm-hmm. before my house, before my kids, like before my career, the career I'm in now before that. So this has been a constant that has been with me for 37 years. That's longer than kind of longer than anything else in my entire life i'm not not even wearing the same watch that i was wearing then you know so um you know so it's an intrinsic part of me like where from where i've come from and you know I, i honestly i hope it's not too not too much longer before i'm able to kind of achieve that moment and the other thing is if i do it and then circumstances change and, you know, you have to, go, you have to sell the car or whatever. It's like, well, at least I did it, right? At, yeah, at sure. least I got there and I did it. And then, you know, whatever, something else happens and you have to move on. But Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
0: we, I think the achievement part of it is the thing that that is really what you'd, you'd gain from that, right? It isn't really the car. No. Um, and like you said, if it ended up not being the thing, what you will have for the rest of your life is, I did that you have that moment again, it'll be another one of those moments. It'll be burned, burned in your brain forever. And that, that's the thing that you hold on
2: to. Yeah. I've owned a Ferrari, you know, that's the sentence. I'd like to repeat that sentence and have it be true to myself someday. That sounds great.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, again, it, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's the achievement of, I said I was going to do this. And like you said, this is now a 37 year old. I think so. Yeah. yeah, Somewhere more than 35 years just being able to get to that point and say I achieved it after all of these years and I never like wavered from one this goal and two the whole not getting into one. I mean, I think is incredible. Thank yeah. God you have a podcast to capture this stuff.
2: <laughs> when you when you met <clears throat> your wife or other women, let's say, throughout your life, did, is this something you had to kind of, as things got more serious? You know, we're just like <laughs> so there's a deep dark secret yeah, about just me. Just so you know, so there's like something I need to tell you. Right, exactly. Let's mm. have the talk. You know. Oh,
0: you own a Ferrari? Yeah. I can't get in. the Well, Not Ferrari. that I
2: own one, but that someday. No, it's well, like what if this is going to be a priority.
1: No, 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 I mean, like, well, that would be great too. Yeah, yeah. I mean
2: from a practical point.
1: Yeah, sure. There's been there's been times when. you you know your significant other has said well like like not naively but they're like well you know what you really like Ferraris like you're obsessed with them. Let what should I get you like one of those experiences where you could go drive one like or no. or do you, can I should we should we rent one for the weekend no. and go away and I'm like okay I'm I'm going to say no which is going to be a weird answer to that question. Yeah, but
2: that's not what I meant.
1: But that's not you have to understand why I'm <laughs> yeah. saying no. Yeah, exactly. So yes at that point I would explain <laughs> and and most most people I have ever explained to this to have gone a, a basic this has been their reaction. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, like they, they kind of listen to it all, and then they go, "Oh, oh all right. Okay, well, okay. okay." um Here's a keychain. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I, I genuinely think that that like non-car people just don't, they don't have any way to relate to a story like that. Yeah. They just there's nothing that connects them to do it. It's like even people that are into cars have said. I don't understand like if you're really into them why don't you just go drive one why don't you like, why Why do you have to do this why do you have to make it this thing and probably it wasn't a thing for 10 years yeah and
0: then I was just like oh it's a thing oh
1: now it's a thing I
0: think that's totally I think that's awesome that it's, a well, thing. it's not a
2: bad goal to have if you can afford something like that and, and you want to take care of it it becomes a lifestyle and getting there means you have to be successful you have to you know work hard and have successes and do well in life so it's a it becomes a whole it, it becomes a thing <coughs> well it becomes you in a way i
1: mean i there's probably times i could have just gone and bought Mondale and just got it over and done with but you know then there are then there are qualifiers right yeah you know it has to be like gated shifter and it you know it has to be a v8 and it has to <laughs> it's like you know like all of that other stuff gets put in there like you know it can't be a this or it can't be a that and
0: no front engine.
1: No front engines. But you don't
0: seem to care does, if the engine does it turn. have to No, well,
1: I think I do. though. Do you? Yeah. But but, but again, but like, like
0: do you, which way do you want it turned? Transverse or I, longitudinal?
1: Well, I think what blows the blinds in my head at that point is like, well, I I really want to own a car that has a longitudinal engine because sure. I think it looks nicer. Yeah. But does that have to be the car that I drive the the very first time? No.
0: I mean there's something stylistically important about the transverse ones.
1: Yeah, historically as well. Yeah. So you know th- here's the funny thing. Like uh I'm still like vaguely in touch with the girl who said, Hey my dad will take you for a drive in.
2: Really? Yeah. No, maybe he'll sell you one. <laughs>
1: maybe he has yeah. that exact same one. How many that Can you ask her? Be? Can you ask her
0: if she if he still has the one before and the one before and the well, one before. Well, sadly,
1: sadly, he passed away. I think. Can maybe you ask her if 20- she's got
0: the one yeah. before and the one before and the Next one before? Next week, we catch up with Ben to find out. <laughs> yeah. Like people are on the edge of their seat now. They're like, what?
1: Is he going to reconnect with this thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, I just, let me just. <laughs> so now I'm thinking about it. Okay. But of course, we have to remember it would be right hand drive. Nothing yeah, that might be a right. tough, tough Nothing deal. Nothing wrong
0: with right hand drive on English night. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Good point. But I thought I did think it would be fun, like, you know, well, was I, it red? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I did think it would be fun to like uh, when I when I when I reached that milestone to like you know write it up, take a picture or whatever, yeah. and and then send her a note saying,
2: "Hey, finally got to write a Ferrari." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Yeah, just write the letter, and then you could just sell it. Done. Mission accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> told you.
1: <laughs> sorry. So, by the way, listeners, it doesn't matter if I buy it or if somebody gives it to me. That's fine.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. A gifted Ferrari <laughs> is the same as a bought Ferrari.
2: Well, um, you had mentioned earlier that what if he meets a girl that has a Ferrari? I'm like, well, he still can't drive it unless he goes down that's to the right. DMV. He can't and puts even his, ride. He has he to put his name on the it. title. Right. He yeah. has to go down and actually switch it. Yeah. And that, Well, I don't know. Would you do a co-title? What if you were co-titled on it? Then would you still drive it? <laughs> would you be a passenger? No. <laughs> no. No. You no, can't no, no. get in one. I don't
1: mind I don't mean I don't mind being a passenger after the first time, but it's the first time.
2: Feels like the first time. Oh boy. <laughs> I can climb any mountain.
1: I think the sorry, the so the other thing that people um always ask about is well why Ferrari? Like there's so many other
0: yeah. great that's a great question. I've been curious about that. Why Ferrari?
1: So, and and, a, and a, a little bit like the origins of this thing, it would probably take a little bit of time for me to actually sit and think about why why it was Ferrari. Mm. Um, and I, I think it's it's again, it's probably wrapped up with the with the motorsport thing, but it's it's the. I think back then, when I was a kid, it was just exotic, right? Mm-hmm. It was just like otherworldly, like um i get it like now well sorry i'll tell you another little anecdote little game that i play all the time but like um nowadays we have like social media and if i want to see 17 pictures of ferraris that i've never seen before i just open open my phone and i flip through instagram because instagram knows that i'd like want to see pictures of ferraris and i'll see all of these brand new Fer- i even there's even a guy this great uh instagram um account he I guess he must live near like Fiorano. Mm. And Marinello, and he, he takes pictures of the prototype cars that they I've test. I've seen that
0: account. Yeah.
1: They, they test, because they, they test cars every day yep. on the roads. Like they're di- disguised yep. and everything. So he's constantly taking pictures of, oh, this is.
0: all taped up. Everything's and,
1: all taped up yeah. and disguised and the whole deal. And he's like, oh, yeah. so he was taking pictures of the Pura Sang like, like months and months before it was announced. And he was like, what's well, this weird car that looks like a SUV that they're testing this and that? So. Like, a- access to that is, is like, a million times greater than it was when I was a kid. Like, when I was 13 years old, you didn't see pictures of these cars unless you went, like, got a car magazine. Yeah,
0: you went to the newsstand. And, and you, I, you know, something. and I
1: had the poster on my wall, but, like, that was it. That was one car. You didn't, they weren't three-dimensional things that you got to see all the time. So when one rolls up at school, it's like an it's like a UFO, right? It's like alien. Yeah. So there's the element of it being so exotic, and I, I think the word exotic gets really overused nowadays because that felt exotic. Yeah. It felt like this. That is was something you literally special. had never seen you before. You would never see it before. It was special. And I still to this day I do these two things. So um if I ever see uh, a Ferrari Parked outside a house, so I feel. Like, I sometimes feel like feel like my dog, right? Because if my dog sees a squirrel run up a tree, every single time you walk <laughs> past that tree, the dog will look up the the tree and say, "Where's the squirrel?" Right? So I, even as a kid, growing up, when I was like, you know, when I was driving through London, I would I would notice, oh, that there was a there was a Ferrari parked outside that house for years. Later, every time I would drive past the same house, I would check to see if it was there. Yeah. Because it's an exotic thing to see. Yeah. Right? So the only other thing is I would I I would play this little game where like, if you're just driving around, it's just a normal day and you're not driving past Roselli's and it's not car week and you're in Carmel. If you see five Ferraris on the road in the wild in a single day, that's a really, really good day. Mm. Cause like you, I mean, you go through like weeks and weeks and weeks. And you don't see a single one. Now, Silicon Valley's maybe a little bit extreme, but like where I used to live in rural England, you didn't see, you know.
0: I think you're still not seeing a Ferrari even here, like weekly. You're just not. No, exactly. So it's exotic.
1: And that definitely is an attraction. Like, why are these these so rare? So then you do a little bit of digging and you're like, oh, they're rare because they don't make very many of them. Why don't they make very many? Because they're handmade. Yeah. And the deeper you go into that you're you're into oh this is literally almost bespoke it is it is very small production numbers and it's all crazy italian engineering and it's all like leather and like the, the, all of that stuff and like custom castings and you know the forge and like all of that stuff that they do and have done for you know decades and decades um is is a really strong attraction i think in the same way that we've talked about before like the watchmaking and and high-end stereos and you know cartridges for record players yeah. and stuff like that. it's the, it's the it's not the exclusivity per se and i and i'm calling that out because it's not a, like a social media exclusivity thing yeah it's exclusivity in the original sense of the word which really is that it's not commonplace they don't make enough of this thing for it to be common place in the world. Yeah. And so I, that's that was a really strong attraction. They, I mean, I
0: think the handmade aspect of it is huge. Like there's so much value placed and there's so little value placed on it now in some ways that just the owning of something that you know human beings created from the ground up is really cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think and I'm kind of deconstructing this as I'm talking about it but then so you, then you have the motorsport element and then you have the history and then you have the family and then you have the like the heritage and the passion that exists around the motorsport which you know f- and Enzo's quoted as saying that he only sold cars to finance the racing right, right. he didn't really care about, yeah, he didn't care about road cars he cared about racing and that the only way to fund the racing was <laughs> to build the road cars, so you're kind of like well great i'll i, I want to be i want to be in line to buy one of the road cars to mm-hmm. help fund the racing because i want to be feel like I'm part of that heritage so there's all of that um and all of it you know after decades and decades of being you know obsessed to your core with this sort of stuff all of that kind of blurs and then what you're left with is like when you see one on the road or when you like when when we roll up to cars and coffee and there's like a super rare like colombo v12 1960s ferrari it it has a like a almost physical the physical manifestation of an emotion inside me because it's all of that like simultaneously yeah um, and I very much doubt that I'll ever have the luxury of being able to own one of those kinds of cars. But if I can own a car from the same mark that was built in the same factory in the same place in Italy, that isn't, you know, a $5 million car, maybe it's like a fifty, sixty $60,000 car, then then I'll be happy because yeah. I'll feel like I'll be part of that energy. Yeah.
0: No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I can't see anything that's crinkle coated without thinking of ferraris and there's something very tactile about just that in and of itself that again it's special in its own way and if you were able to own that you know that you have something truly unique amazing and special right like it doesn't matter that it's a fifty thousand dollar car it's still handmade it still has all that heritage baked in yeah
1: yep yeah, it's funny. I I was just thinking, like, there are other manufacturers out there who like hand make their engines. Like AMG or or you know or Aston Martin or Rolls Royce and Honda, Honda, and they but they have the engineer. They have the engineers like name like printed on the yeah. with a plaque or whatever like this. Ferrari don't do that. It's all handmade. Yeah,
2: they don't.
1: They don't put the engine, engine, engineers name on the engine. So it's like, well, this has come from the factory. Yeah.
0: They're all that way, right? Yeah, it's it's the exact opposite of that. It's like all those other companies have to do that, so that you know that you got one of the ones that was handmade, right? Which is fascinating.
2: One of one hundred.
0: One of one hundred.
1: So yeah, that's the English Englishman obsessed with Italian car. Mm.
2: I like it.
0: Do you think that was the start of like your true automotive obsession?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yes, I do. I, and, and I think definitely like the fascination with speed um, came from that. I think uh, airplanes and flying and going fast. And I've always been fascinated with anything like that, whether it's even, you know, even, you know, Space travel and rockets and rocket planes and rocket cars and land speed records and you know going fast and 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 driving fast when you can um, yeah that, that that kind of fueled that passion to kind of understand like you know which cars did that and which cars were the best and which cars were able to do this and in that in that kind of schoolboy kind of way that you know that kind of fuels all of that like which is the best which is the fastest yeah. which can do the fastest lap around this you know which you know whatever
0: where did you where did you get your your research like you said you went to research cars and sports cars and ferraris like where did you end up going for that like what was the thing that you found that
1: so i mean they you know like uh, obviously there's the UK has a long history of like automotive magazines. Yeah, I was right? going to
0: say, were you in a WH Smith?
1: Yes, <laughs> definitely. Definitely. But, the, awesome. but the great thing about also about being in the UK is, is the car culture. Yeah. And you know, these were, these became obvious gifts at, you know, at holidays and birthdays for like, for, you know, for me, it was, I was always getting another Ferrari book. I was mm-hmm. always getting another car book. Right. And so, back then before the internet before you could search up and read anything and wikipedia or anything that's that's what i lived in i'd like de- you know dove into those books in like in, in some of them some of them and i ha- still have all of them but like some of them would go into excruciating detail about like how this stuff was made and like i, I loved all of the books that were you know they where the photography had gotten you know, had been invited to the factory and Mm. would take pictures of every single manufacturing step of, you know, putting together the F40 engine and, and, you know, those books were just incredible. So, um, and then of course, like there was a, also a pretty, there's a pretty good history of TV shows in the UK. Yeah. Car TV shows, car review TV shows. And
0: yeah, I think it's funny. I think Americans tend to think that they have the corner on car culture, but I would say the u k is equally as car obsessed as the u s is yeah I mean maybe more so in some ways because i mean a- i
1: think it it the there were elements of car cultures which are which are very different the you know the whole kind of muscle car stuff when that started happening. Mm very different to what was going on in the UK at the same time. Yeah. I think the whole, uh, you know, so we can pivot to Cortina's, right? Cause there's, we the, could, yeah. Cause there's a whole like motor racing element there, which, you know, was, yeah. And and even, even like the 1602s, the, you know, the 2002s, like that whole like motorsport driven development of light, fast cars was what was going on in the UK, at yeah. the same time that, like, the muscle car thing was going on in the U.S. So, well, like, I mean, we had very different trajectories. Yeah, we had no
0: interesting more motorsports really in this country. In you know, outside of like SCCA racing, when I was growing up, right? Like, we didn't get Le Mans or any of those things until later. We didn't, you know, I mean, we had Indy uh, and what became IRL. We had NASCAR. Which obviously got huge. Um, But you're right. Like, I think in the UK, you had rally, you had road racing, uh, you had all of the different, you know, touring car championships, right? Like, the European car championship, the British, the German, like, all those things, I think, really, um, sitting in the US, where anyone that was really car crazy about sports cars was very much trying to follow that that scene. Yep. Um, and looking longingly for all the stuff that we couldn't get here. Right. Because we were all driving largely the r- rubbish that was not. If you weren't buying a muscle car, what else you would get from an American mark was truly, truly garbage. <laughs> um, so, and I was thankful that in my family like we largely shied away from American cars. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna use that to pivot us back to English night. Please. It sounds a little bit like the English car industry. <laughs> <laughs> Things just go from bad to worse and worse to <laughs> <and> worse. <laughs> <laughs> and then just when you think it's about to end, it gets worse.
2: <laughs> and it doesn't end, right. That's no, the thing. The no, credits don't like, roll. It just goes and Lotus. goes.
0: Jeez, we just sold Lotus to
2: the Philippines. Speaking of Lotus, didn't you guys see a Lotus? <laughs> Tell so me Ben, about you,
0: were, you, were, uh, you were talking about the details of what got us there.
1: So I was trying to remember um, what the circumstance was. And you remembered that it was actually before Thanksgiving. So this is a, a little while ago now. Yep. But you said to me, um, one night we were having dinner, you said, Hey, my buddy Jeff, there's a, there's a little bit of a drive uh, tomorrow morning. Uh, we're going to go and see the new Lotus prototype. And I, I struggled for a minute to kind of understand what it was that you were saying. I was yep. like, "Wait, what?" And then the more you learnt about it, the more we kind of found out about it. It was that Lotus were they they basically had the very first Emira Emira in on U.S. soil, correct? And it was here in California, and they were meeting up with. They wanted to take it to a place where they knew there would be a bunch of car people. Yes. And I don't even... I don't know how your buddy Jeff knew about it, but I think your buddy Jeff... is a Lotus guy. One, he's a Lotus guy. and knew one of the Lotus guys. The guy, the, he said, Hey, come and meet us at Alice's like 7 o'clock Saturday morning or 8 o'clock Saturday morning. Yeah. What? 8 o'clock?
0: Uh, we needed to be there at sometime a little after 7 because the car had to be back yeah. uh, behind the dealership of wherever whatever lotus dealership in the bay area by eight thirty. so it was a very small window
1: so it was great it was it was it was a fantastic morning to see the amira it but I, I think what you and i really enjoyed was the fact that we were up really early it was a cold but like clear and dry morning and your friend jeff can really drive yeah his cortina
0: yeah Well, he has a Lotus 7 as well. So, the open wheel, you know, the thing that kind of put Lotus on the map for sports car racing in the 60s. But yeah, he has a non Lotus Ford Cortina, um, which we were to follow up Highway 9, one of the freeways that we love driving.
1: Yes. So, here you have like uh, somebody who can really drive a car uh, on back roads. The car itself, weighs about as much as a can of Coke.
0: It's about 980 <laughs> kilograms from yeah. what he says.
1: And he's in the lead, or he's leading, and then you have a 17-ton Porsche Cayenne.
0: Cayenne. Cayenne. Not a Cayman, <laughs> No. Okay. So that, that was the thing. That was the other thing that, that I, I forgot to tell you about uh, until right now. His expectation was, that I was going to show up in the GT four in the Cayman because the Lotus guys wanted to put the Cayman next to the Amira.
1: Oh. And
0: then I show up and I have no Cayman because my Cayman had been destroyed by the dealership and was in the shop. Yes. And I had the loner cayenne coupe. <laughs> the most un lotusy to Ben's point heavy craziness that you could drive and he was literally like oh all right and he's such a nice guy that literally he's just like "Uh, okay cool
1: yeah yeah i didn't catch you guys want
0: to follow me it's like yeah let's follow you i I
1: didn't catch any of that conversation at the gas station when we we met up
0: well yeah we didn't have that conversation like he never told me anything about that until later Uh, until after yeah Uh,
1: okay Got it. I mean,
0: and I don't think they were particularly bummed. They didn't care, yeah. but I think that was one of the things was like, "Hey, this guy's got a GT four, and right. you're positioning this thing against a GT four, right?
1: So put them next to, next door to yeah. each other, right? Got yeah. it. So, and then I'm I'm driving the Audi, which is you know four tons or whatever. So like, <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun following him up Highway Nine, and then we get up to Alice's, and the, the car's there, and um, I I mean I. I had no expectations, and I didn't really know how this was gonna go. But kind of, he did introductions, and you know, we kind of talked a little bit to the, you know, to the guys from the from the dealership, and um, they had driven the car there. They had there was an lease there as well that, yep. that one of them had driven, um, and at this point, they're like, you know, have at it, like crawl all yeah. over the car like, get in it get in it look at the know, engine open in, up everything you know just kind of pour all over it sort of thing um and again i'm like but i, I thought this was like the prototype or this is like the first car on u.s soil it, it definitely had it didn't have michigan plates it had dealer plates it had michigan plates It had a michigan like the equivalent like the italian Prova plate yep basically
0: yeah from the uk
1: yeah and so uh that was cool to see. It was really cool to see. Um, we didn't get to drive it, no. um, which would have been really cool. But that's what they were doing next. They were taking the car back to the dealership. It had to be back at, like you said, 830. And they yeah, had potential customers. Potential were customers. Other, other
0: Lotus that, owners were showing up to drive it.
1: People had put their name down for it or people that they wanted to you know, get them to put their name down for it. Yep. They were going to get to do all these drives like all day. So I think once I understood that, I was just like, oh, okay. Then you don't really care that it's like, gonna, there's going to be a hundred people in this car today. So I'm not going to be too precious about it all.
0: No. And they didn't seem to care. I think that how it was explained to me was <laughs> it is a prototype. It is not a production ready car. It was one of the only... Left-hand drive prototypes, which is why it's it's literally the first Emira on U.S. soil because it's the first one that they could get off the factory floor with left-hand drive, so that they could legally drive it here. Yep. Um, it will, I guess, go back to Lotus when it's done. They're not gonna sell it or anything. I think that the fascinating thing is outside of um, Lotus sponsored press events, which I believe the majority of them were in the uk or some other test track um we were and we're not pressed by any means but we're literally the first people to see it outside of that context which was actually pretty cool
1: yeah i mean i mean i'm sure people saw it on the road on the way on the way there yeah yeah but they didn't get to get in it they didn't get to get in it and like kind of open up all the you know all the bits and yeah and really have like a really close look at it
0: yeah which honestly like one thing i will say about that on behalf of lotus um both the fact that they were seeking car people to come look at this thing right like yep. out in the middle of the santa cruz mountains um and then the fact that it was going back and people were going to drive it all day I think it's actually really cool. Like, they are trying to make the thing super approachable. But the fact that they are targeting car people versus just, like, the press or, you know, anybody else. They want to see
2: a reaction just from the locals. Kind of cool.
0: Yeah. They wanted actual people that care about cars to come see the thing and, what and actually was, have a reaction. Why did
2: he get it in the first place to go on this hour and a half you know drive up to alice's and back for exactly that reason that's it just to show to a few people just to see well i I, so they're Uh, pretty cool the um so there
1: were there were the definitely like the the lotus corporate people that were there that they were not interested in talking to us they were just like here's the car yep they had they had engaged the services of one of their like key like sales leaders he's not actually like a salesperson in the dealership but he's like a manager of dealerships but he's definitely like the sales guy yeah and i think he said hey this would be a really cool thing to do you want to you want to you want to build up uh you know some viral i don't mean literally viral but like you wanted to build up some ground like viral interest in the car you're in the bay area there's are some fantastic roads here this is where car people go at the weekend Let's, if we've got an hour, let's take the
2: car there, just park it and see what happens. Yeah. Now, um, oh, can you imagine if he brought it up there on a Saturday afternoon or a Sunday afternoon? I mean, that's the that's With the only, the madness. that's the only shame. The the
1: great thing was that there was a bunch of, there was a bunch of people that drove past. Um, uh, there was that, what, I can't remember, he was in a, Alfa Romeo, an Alfa Romeo. Alfa Romeo 4C. He literally did a double take when he drove past. And the, then yeah. pulled in and, and then, like, and then just around. sat
0: there and was like
1: what am I looking at? Yeah, is, is it's gorgeous. The, I, I'm He's like, like, is it really is the it, Amira? Is, is it really here? Is that real kind of thing? Which is, that was exactly-
0: That's what they wanted. That was the
1: exact yeah. reaction they were hoping yeah. to get.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was fascinating. Um,
1: what were your impressions of it then? Like, it, you know, um, I was just looking at the pictures on my phone. I can I can show you the pictures on my phone again if you want to see, it just to remind, you know, because it was a few weeks back now. But, um, what you know, what were your impressions of it Um I like, mean, I think that the within, design like, of I'll, I'll ask you the question, like, within the context of the GT4, like... To, yeah, that's cause a Because that's, cl- that's definitely the market that's they're going to get. They're thinking that the, it's going to be, you know, not fully optioned. It's going to be around 100, probably fully optioned, 125. So, the, I mean, they're going for the same market.
0: I honestly... So, I mean, I love Lotus. I, I always have, Um I love the way they look. I love the design principles behind them. I, I, I care deeply about design, and I care about the fact that it's functional design. Um, I have always been scared away by the kit car or kind of not quite ready for primetime nature of them. So the engineering has always scared me a little bit. Yep. I came away from that.
1: Parts, bin, door
0: handles. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like... I'll own it. I, I love the Lotus Elon M100, which is basically, you know, I mean, the steering wheel is like straight off of a Saturn. Yeah. Um, the engine is an Izuzu. I came away from this saying this is the first Lotus I've ever looked at that I would conceivably think about owning. Right. Like truly think about owning. I think we'll see in the, you know, those that buy them and drive them for a year, like how they end up, like whether or not they will hold up. Um, So there's that part of it that I still, (laughs) I guess like they've lost trust for me in some way, in that way. Like the Porsche, you know, is going to be solid and someone will own it for 50 years and it will still be solid. Um, but i thought the engineering matched the design it is more beautiful in person than it actually is in the photos and i thought the photos of it made it look amazing as well
1: i think that it's its presence is unreal it's great really like it has a strong presence like the <clears throat> the, the the its proportion is you know you, there isn't really an angle where you look at it and you think oh that doesn't quite look right yeah Yep. And and that's on first reaction of seeing something in three dimensions in front of you. Yeah. I think quite often you look at a car and you go, oh, I kind of like that bit, but why did they do that? And why did they do that? I think they kind of nailed the, the, that design element. Yeah. Um, well, it's also fascinating to hear what they were going for, right?
0: Like the idea that, you know, they were shooting for a McLaren at a third the price.
2: Yeah. And when they say that, you're like, "Well, okay, oh yeah, you totally I, nailed it." Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I totally get that. It's but a bit, it, it's a bit McLaren ask for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's also a bit. What's the new Ferrari? The two something two? Yeah, two ninety six. Two ninety six. It's a little like that in some ways. I don't know. I mean, like I've not seen a two ninety six in person, but proportionally, it kind of feels yep. similar. Um, it certainly proportionally feels an awful lot like the GT four, and you know. Whether you love or hate Caymans, um, there's a market for a two-seat mid-engine car at this point, and I think they will probably put a dent in that market, especially at that price point, because you're not getting a GT4 for that. You could get an S or a GTS, maybe, for roughly the price that a fully optioned Amira will bring, but as uncommon as Caymans are and GT4s are, I mean, clearly that thing's going to be even less common so if you're looking for something that's not particularly common that would be the way to go and so i mean
1: i uh, i would agree i think i mean it's going to be a it would be a discussion it would be like a, a talking point in pretty kind of any way you would go with it i would think
2: yeah i'm curious about this word then that we said before that gets thrown around is it an exotic i would I mean, say it's it is. pretty exotic looking i, think, the I mean i definition think of that, i geez. think
1: it is it's it has it's almost has singular purpose it's a two-seater there's not a whole lot of luggage space in it so it's exotic from that perspective in in that it's really only meant to do one thing right? which is drive on a track or back roads yeah. quickly um it's it's purposeful for that and so sitting in it the you know look, the i get i i definitely got the same feel sitting in that as i get from sit, sitting in your GT4. It's it's purposeful. Like the gear shift was really like positive, clean, mechanical. Mm-hmm. Um steering wheels small and Alcalcantara and like comfortable thick and thick and, and, thick yeah. and like um
2: uh, ergonomic. Like what's the engine in that car?
0: It's a Toyota V six, the Camry engine that's been worked over and it's got a supercharger. You can also get it with a four-cylinder AMG turbocharged uh, motor,
1: transverse. Wow, mm.
0: but you can't get it with a manual transmission with the AMG engine. You can only get it with the Toyota engine.
1: I'll be. Uh, I will be. Yeah, so it was optioned really nicely the interior. So I I really hope that all of that stays because you got oh
0: it it I mean I went afterwards and basically built that car. Okay. Most of it was standard, which was the other thing that was like uh, so when they were like cool. 104, yeah. it literally was like 104 and the options got you to like 106.
2: That's nice. I like that. Yeah. So yeah. That's a lot of car. It's a yeah.
0: lot of car for less money than the GT4.
2: Yeah.
1: So that was fun. Uh, it was a it was a great opportunity and um I'm glad I got, I'm glad I got to see it. And it was a great drive as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so one one further pivot on that and kind of back to Jeff. So Ben and I decided we were going to wait a little bit because it was super early and we had escaped wife and kids. Uh, so we went and got breakfast at Alice's and Jeff decided he was going to go for a drive and another friend showed up with a heavily <laughs> modified <laughs> Volkswagen Rabbit. Oh,
1: yeah, that was fantastic. Yeah, And then we were, we were like, well... We'll let you go because I mean we're just big and German at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: although at some point when we get an Instagram feed up, Ben can put the video of us hooning on Highway 9 past everything with Jeff. It's actually pretty funny. It's a pretty funny video. It is Those that I've funny showed video. it to have been like, oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, and we had a great drive coming back, which honestly, well, the one thing that we should say, which I think we told Evan, like, it's the fastest time up nine that he and I have done, oh, that's right following yeah. Jeff <laughs>
2: awesome. it's the
0: fastest time I've done, period
2: it's following a cortina in, it is, it's in the, a, it's the in fastest a <laughs> it's, the, it's it's our fastest recorded time
1: of any four wheeled vehicle
0: and we're almost down to like one of your like motorcycle rides,
2: and you're in a cayenne. <laughs>
0: Like the base model, like Cayenne Coupe. It. it was so crazy. And, and
2: here's, I'll say this. The,
1: the whole, like the, the inception of us recording times when we're driving up nine was never like to, to get down to the fastest time. No. It was all. Well, up,
2: maybe not for you. All right. Yeah. But, <laughs>
1: but uh, well, you put up the most times, I'm yeah sure. Well, I, I mean, I, I nobody's going to be able to compete with yeah. you on your motorcycle. <laughs> Stay right at now. home, dad. Yeah. But, um. I should. We should go do a wet time. Let's go. Oh yeah! I'm gonna go do a wet time. Let's go right now. (laughs)
0: You know what would have been cool is like if you did it on your Grom before you (laughs) sold.
1: But the whole point of doing that was was more about circumstance. It was more about like, hey, this is what this is what Saturday afternoon was like. This is this is the difference between when I'm by myself and when I got the fat kids and stuff in the car and all that all that interesting stuff. So when you actually look back at that video and and then you look at the time, the time is all about the fact that it was an empty road the whole way. Because when I look at the video, I'm like, this doesn't look like it's fast. No. Maybe smooth is fast and, you know.
0: I don't know. But I mean, it like, not to go off since it's British night on the Cayenne, but I have to say after that, one, I was laughing out loud. I mean, yeah. most fun I think I've had doing that run in forever. Cause like every time you and I are doing it, we're just like stupid idiots. Um, which says get up and go early if you're going to do that road, maybe. But honestly, if I were made to own one car, that Cayenne would be the car that I would own. <laughs> and it's funny because at first, you know, Anna, my wife is looking at it and she's just like, this thing is so huge and it's so ridiculous. And by the end of having that thing, she's like, I kind of actually really want
3: this. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I like the look of it, too. Yeah. It actually didn't look too bad. Yeah. Yeah. This is the coupe with four doors, right? Yeah. 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 And it's got that slope in the back, you know.
0: Well, and then, you know, on the drive back, Ben and I were like, let's see what happens when we put it in Sport Plus mode. Let's see what happens. Like, so we're doing all the things, and then we pulled over and we're looking at it. And it's got, like, these crazy active arrow vents in the front that open up. I mean, all this stuff that you're just like... No way, yeah. right? And the fact that it has, like, the track app and the the timer. Crazy. Like, some idiot's going to be driving that on a track. Oh, yeah. And probably doing yeah. it rather competitively. It
2: might be you in a couple years. I don't know. It's
0: I'm having possible. a hard time kind of resisting it. It's just really expensive, like, for what it is. Mm. Well, I mean, for what it is, it's probably worth the money, but it's expensive. And I can't see my wife, kid, and dog destroying that thing the way our Q5 is destroyed. I just feel bad about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. But kind of a testament to it. But okay. So back to our story. So, Ben and I are having breakfast. Jeff goes on. Jeff comes back like 20 minutes later. <laughs> and we're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. we're what sitting, happened? We're still
1: sitting at breakfast. And then he just comes down and sits with us. And we're like, I th- we thought you were going on a drive. Let's, yeah. let's- he
0: was going to do the loop. He was going to go. You know, down 84, go over to Pescadero, grab coffee, and then either go down to Santa Cruz or come back 84 and then go back 35. But 20 minutes later, he is back and looking dejected. I mean, he looked not great from the moment he sat down. He's like, yep. Uh, I don't know. I was driving down 84, not even really pushing it, and have completely lost third gear. Like, just oh, done.
2: No. So like, H- hence why it's on your lift.
0: Yep. Yeah. So we were asking him, "Do you want us to follow you down?" Like we're almost done with. No, no, you know I'm going to limp it home. So he does that, and he calls me later, and he's like, "I just feel like I'm hearing like jingly stuff in the transmission." <laughs> I think the gear's given up, right? So a few weeks pass, and he's like, "Hey, I'm going to be gone for a couple of weeks, and I don't really want to leave the Cortina out on the street. He doesn't have parking." Uh, where he lives for all of his cars. So the Cortina is usually under a cover. His BMW is under a cover. He has an O2, like my 1602. Um, So like, hey, no problem. My 1602 is going in the shop. It's going to be gone for a couple of months. Feel free to leave it on the lift while you're gone. At least you know it's indoors, right? Not great weather. Um, It's like, cool. So, hey, since it's going up on lift, can we tear the transmission out and see what's going on? (laughs) a couple days before uh christmas it's like yeah let's do it like how long could it possibly take um so he and another friend diego came over and we disassembled the thing um you know over a bottle of scotch because again what do you do when you work on english cars you're drinking scotch um so we did that and kind of got in there and pulled that thing out and i have to say i'm impressed with the engineering like ford's 60s engineering i didn't think i was going to be impressed with it but it's pretty impressive how that car is like tacked together transmission is a lot lighter than i thought it was going to be drive shaft was aluminum and like you could one hand that thing out of there so i mean even though it's not the lotus cortina the cortina itself is designed i guess to be super light which is probably why Lotus wanted to put their engine and their suspension into it. Yeah, kind of almost made me think about wanting one of those over the O2.
1: So what was the conclusion on third gear?
0: Yeah, um, so one of the other great things about Ford's engineering, they put a little inspection window at the top, and you just pop the window off, and you can see the entire gear set, the synchros, and all of the... Um, the rods that basically move back and forth when you move the shift lever, and we were rotating the thing around, and third gear is completely toast, like teeth, teeth in oh, the oil. Wow. Yeah. So, new uh, I think I,
1: I think I asked you this before, but so he thinks he can find a third gear to put in it. Doesn't need a whole new transmission. No, he needs a whole new transmission. Oh, he does.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was hoping it was going to either be a synchro or the bearings, um, and. Yeah, like literally the gear is sheared. Like probably lost six to eight teeth on that thing. Um, And they don't make gear sets for that, which is incredible that Ford sold as many Cortinas, Escort 1s. And Lotus used that transmission in Sevens and uh, Elise. No. Yeah, Elise and Europas, I think, also have them. But have to get a whole new transmission, wow, yeah, he was hoping it was going to be about three hundred bucks. It's probably gonna be more like twelve to fifteen hundred. ouch, yeah,
1: has he found one yet?
0: I think so. I think he'll know uh later this week whether or not he's got one, and then it'll have to get shipped out here from somewhere, I think in the middle, and then we'll have to put that back in.
1: So that that'll be that'll be good then cuz then your significant other can stop panicking that you've bought another car. <laughs> Which
0: the great I mean honestly the great thing and I have to say this is very intuitive on my wife's part. It's like she sees the thing roll into the garage and she waited until Jeff left and I went back in the house. So she did not like rush out into the garage to say what the hell. Um But before we were sitting down to dinner, she said, so I have to ask. Is that your Ford Cortina? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's not. Uh, uh, Have you made a deal to acquire this Ford Cortina (laughs) like once fixed? No, I have not. Is this Ford Cortina going to leave our garage yes, it is going to go back with Jeff at some point, but it is here, you know, kind of through December and into early January. It's was like, okay. I just wanted to make sure that somehow we didn't end up with a Ford Cortina. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Ford Cortina, which the great thing was that night, I think the other part of it was a deal was struck for me to get rid of my uh, my BMW 1800, which is the four-door, that looks like the 1602.
1: Wait, is that an announcement? Is that is that deal done?
0: Uh, that deal is struck. I have not been paid yet, but it seems that it is going to have a new owner.
2: Oh, congratulations! Thanks. That's cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be. I mean, good I'm sad everybody. about
1: that, but but it's 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 the right thing.
0: Yeah, I mean. You've driven it, Evan, you should probably drive it before it goes away, because it's definitely a unique experience, and Ben, you should probably drive it again, because it's got better tires and wheels than it had when you drove it. Um,
1: but it is gentleman's motoring. Gentleman's motoring at its finest.
0: Yeah, yeah. It does everything well and smooth and without any kind of drama, which might also be the reason why it's it's going. I like to feel like I'm on the verge of something either exploding or catching fire or fuel dumping over a hot (laughs) manifold. I don't like reliability. I don't like feeling like I'm going to actually get to my destination. Like (laughs) that feeling of I might get left on the side of the road when I'm driving.
1: Or is that is that when Alex starts talking about? Are we driving the car that smells like gasoline? Yeah.
0: Yeah, he calls the other one the unstable car. This one he largely has had no complaints about. And every time I'm like, hey, get in, he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. If I can't scare him, then it's probably not worth it.